Welcome back, everyone, to episode 53 of the Post 20 Podcast. My name is Evan. I'm joined by Matt this evening for the first, uh, well, it's not the first, it's the 53rd episode of Us Together, but the first one since we've, you know, started our new little side shows. Um, what's up, Matt? Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the side shows. Um, like you said earlier in the week, you're still like workshop and names. Um, I enjoyed your episode and like we have little things we can add to them. Um, I was listening back to mine and I was like listening and I was like, I was just going on and on and on about my picks. I think I'm going to just shorten that and try to add more topics into that because I don't think people want to hear me for 20 minutes. What? Talk about that? Talk about just your picks? Yeah. I I enjoyed it, but I think that's, I mean, I I also like gambling. That's what I, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what I mean. Not everybody's going to like that, but like little tidbits here and there, just like highlights of it instead of me talking about every single thing. Yeah. I feel you. I hear you. It was fun. It was a fun. I think it's a good idea. I think it'll like, if we can set ourselves like a strict, not strict, but if we can set ourselves uh, on a path and then like continue to do that each week. And based on like, I mean, I know for my thing, depending on what season it is, I want to switch the sport up. So I think it'll be kind of cool to do that type of thing. Yeah. I think there's a lot of um, ways we can go about it. And there's a lot of creativity that we can, come up with ourselves yeah i'm excited i think it was a good idea and now that like that stuff's kind of getting into the works um it'll be easier to for us to i think maybe get our show further out because it'll just be there's there's just more juice now yeah there's gonna be more content more flavor more more things coming out from us um but we're back with the primetime show yep friday nights um right before the weekend get to juices flowing get a quick pump um so yeah so we're back to the usual show um like we always do we're gonna recap the prem previous week and then we're also gonna do our predictions for the the upcoming games um coffee um the first game last week was crystal palace newcastle which was what we said is a very a very confusing game at times because both teams are very shaky. Um, but we predicted it right this time. Both of us decided to pick Newcastle and they waited until the 85th minute to make their stamp on the game. That, uh, no, it was, it was the 88th dude that Callum Wilson scored. Yeah. I mean, I should know. I bet on that game. I picked, yeah. I picked Newcastle to win under two and a half and I had Callum Wilson scoring. Crazy. And, uh, I told you about I was like I was watching the game and I was just completely out of it and then Wilson scored that goal and it was like a straight shot of adrenaline right in the veins there is surely nothing like it there really is nothing like that it's so good I uh I had the Steelers winning at at halftime and full time the other day whatever the day Mm -hmm. that was Wednesday Mm-hmm. And by the skin of their teeth, there was a penalty, and then Mark Andrews caught a wide open. Like he just he dropped one. He literally dropped mm-hmm. it in the end zone. And there is yep. there is not one feeling in the entire world as good. I swear. But um, yeah, new Newca- they had a lot of their guys back. I think um, Al Marone was back. Yep. Wilson was back from injury. John Joe Selby. So they had a big spine of their team back while. Uh, Palace were without Zaha still and still having problems going forward attacking wise. I know they were they were playing a lot of guys that haven't played in a while. I know Gary Cahill got a start. Um, there was a couple other guys that got a start that usually didn't either. Yeah, so it was it was a good game. I mean, <clears throat> ugly for eighty eight minutes, and then obviously you got the eighty eighth and the ninetieth. Yep. Um, goals by by Callum Wilson and Jolinton. Nothing really going for for Palace that entire game. It was it was just very dull. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get a cupcake match. You would think on paper against West Brom next week. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to the Saturday slate from last week, we had Brighton playing Liverpool. Uh, we picked Liverpool, but Brighton with some VAR cheese once again against Liverpool. Um, that seems like it's repeating. Uh, Currents all the time this year. VAR screwing over Liverpool in the 93rd minute, getting yep. a penalty. Um, I mean, Liverpool didn't look convincing 
with too many chances. I mean, Jota's looking like their main guy instead of how Salah and Mane should be. Yeah, I mean, Salah Salah was out a couple weeks, obviously, with the COVID stuff and the international. Um, Jota doesn't play as big of a role in the international scene. So I think he's probably more well-rested, as well as obviously not missing a step with the COVID stuff. So... uh, He's been much better, uh, for sure. I'd say mm-hmm. probably the entire season. I have him in fantasy uh, in one of my leagues, and I got him really late. He's been mm-hmm. really, really good for me. Very solid. He'll give you an assist or a goal per week, you know. Um, and he's very involved. I'm I'm glad that, that Klopp is, is including him into the team because he was one of those guys that they got late in the window and that I was like, oh, this guy's going to rot on the bench. And yeah. he's, he's very talented, and he's not rotting on the bench, so... You know, props to uh, props to Jurgen for that. Yeah, rightfully so. I know he got a a what you call it a once a group one was a group stage car in FIFA. Team of the like, group stage, yeah. Yeah, he got a team of the group stage cars, so he had that. So now, I mean, that's a big drop. I mean, Liverpool dropping those points is huge in the title race because now they're still tied on points with Tottenham and Chelsea and Leicester are right behind them. So, I mean. Every point matters, and not pulling away as early as you can is pretty bad, especially this time of the year where you need to start racking up points. Yeah, this is crunch. I mean, you you see that every every uh, holiday period window, this is just what happens. It, these are the most important games, and oftentimes you have your important games within the span of you know December tenth to January tenth, and if you don't win those games, that's where the where the league is won and lost. It's it's really not the the last couple weeks of the season, you know that it, that it is in other sports. It's it's mm-hmm. really this crunchy holiday congestion that that wins or loses you the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on, Man City. We talked about how they needed to start rolling teams. They did five nil over Burnley. Uh, Mara's hat trick. I think that was his first hat trick since be- playing at Leicester about five six years ago. Um. Mendy and Torres also got on the score sheet with De Bruyne getting a pair of assists. We also mentioned him needing to step up as a leader for the team. Um, what'd you think of that game, Evan? I uh, I thought back to exactly what we said. And I said, you know, this is what they need to do. We said that De Bruyne needs to get involved, like you just mentioned, and that they needed to thump Burnley. And they did just that. And I, I think this helps them. Moving forward, um, I think it's it's more important to look at the confidence this gives them moving forward than it is to say, you know, they beat Burnley 5-0, whatever. They were, they were going to always beat them, right? There was no yeah. way they were going to fucking draw or lose to Burnley. No. Um, so the confidence that they gained from this, I think, is very important within the, you know, the context of the league moving forward. Absolutely. And uh, they just, they're already through in the Champions League to the knockout rounds. So they drew nil-nil with Porto middle of the week. Um, now they play Fulham, which you would think would be the same result as the Burnley game. So I think these next couple fixtures are be big for them in their form. Yep, I agree. Uh, then we have Leeds-Everton, which we thought would be a great game. It was a great game to watch. A lot of attacking chances, but not, none coming to fruition in the score sheet. We only saw a 1-0 win for Leeds, which was... Um, I mean, it, it, you you... It's not surprising that Leeds won, but still only winning one nothing for them, or even if it went towards Everton, I would be if you told me beforehand, I'd be very surprised. Yeah, I I think I actually was a bit surprised that, that Leeds did it here. Um after the after half, I said, you know, I, I'm not really sure if this game will end with a, a decisive winner because there was just so many chances on, on both sides. I figured the game could end, you know, 1-1 or 2-2. I didn't yep. think it it would be 1-0. I really didn't. Um, Rafinha got a got a great goal in the 79th yeah. minute. Uh, he, he received the ball on the edge of the box and knocked it into the, to the bottom corner. Um, the bottom right, Pickford, obviously, had a blind spot, and he has tiny arms, so he couldn't get to it. Um, Good result for Leeds. Yeah, very massive for them. They climb, they climb up to twelfth now, getting further away from the drop zone and starting to get closer to that uh, Euro European football spots. Uh, they'll be taking Arsenal spot. It looks like. Yeah, we'll get to them in a second. Um, I, the goalies both played great in that game. I would say overall. Yeah, uh, 
Leeds goalie played out of his fucking mind in the first half. Yeah, what's his name? Meslier? Yeah, he's a young French goalie. I think yeah. he's like twenty years old. He's he's absolutely cracked. And yeah, he's good. I think another 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 key component to Everton losing that match was um they were without Seamus Coleman and Digne, both of their wing backs, so they had to fill in uh Alex Wobi and Tom Davies in those slots, which that's not where they naturally play. So that's where Everton's bread and butter game is is getting the ball out wide and whipping it in for DCL and like Decore to get headers. That's gonna be a problem. I mean, even even having James in the middle of the park, um losing a player like uh Lucas Digne is really, really big because at the beginning of the season he was whipping so many crosses in and yeah. just the the ability to be able to spread the pitch and move the ball out wide and be confident with your wing back bringing the ball up the pitch is very important and without him i mean like you said they had to put alex iwobi and tom da- tom davies in tom davies mm-hmm. is slow and he's shit and alex iwobi is a natural striker he he can't be playing left wing back it's it's just not it's, it's not going to work so yeah. it, I don't know. He, uh, Dina has some serious issues with his with his leg. He had to get surgery. Yeah, he's out till at least mid January at the minimum. Um, last season he had seven assists in the league, and this year he's played eight matches and already has four. So that yeah. right, that right there is critical. Um, but next week they come up against Burnley, who are coming off that massive loss to Man City. So maybe they can add on to it or maybe Burnley bounces back and holds them to a close game. But I'm, I'm hoping that, that Everton can win that game. It should be easy. Uh, moving on to last week's shitter of the week, we had West Brom with Sheffield. Uh, West Brom got the 1-0 win. Um, I, th- I think Shane or Sean Gallagher, he's like a Chelsea loney to West Co- Brom, scored the yeah, one goal. Connor Gallagher. Like, that Connor girl Gallagher. was really, only, or really early. It was like the 13th minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a very scrappy game, um, like we would say. Um, but West Brom got their first win of the season right there against Sheffield, who are the only team in the league without a win. Um, they only have one point. I think they're saying, I've heard Sheffield's on track to maybe get 12 points, which would be the lowest of all time or something. Yeah, I mean, they have to do better there. They have to be beating a team like West Brom. You know, West Brom just came up. Sheffield is a, is a better side. Certainly a better side. They they were great last year. Um, they have yeah. to do better than losing one nil. They really do. Yeah, Chris Wilder spots on the job. I think he's like a good manager. I mean, you've seen what he can do, but I think he's missing key guys. Like I think Dean Henderson is a massive loss. Getting replaced by Ramsdale is a big downgrade. Yeah, it's and now and, and now he's just rotting on Man United's bench. Yeah, it's 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 unfortunate because I think I think. Henderson's probably better than De Gea at this point. I mean, De Gea has been okay the past few weeks, but I, I, he's nothing to write home about anymore. I think they should be trying to shop him to a, a bigger club. Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, I could see him going to Madrid or something like that and, and going and playing back in Spain. And, and you know, United having an English keeper uh, who they can rely on and who is very good. But we haven't seen him play in a long time, and I'm I'm worried that by the time we do get to see him play, he won't be as good as he was. I think the match he came in was, um, I think he came in the second half. Uh, I don't know. It was very recent. I think he came in against, uh, who'd they play recently? Was it in the Champions League? Oh, they just played PSG this week. No, it wasn't. Uh, was I think it, it was the, the South. It was, it was the, he came in against the Southampton game. Oh, yeah, he did. He came in the second half, I think. Yeah. Yeah, he came in around the second half and didn't give up a single goal. So I mean, and Southampton's a pretty good side right now. So yeah, they are. That was a crazy game. We'll we'll get to that. That's actually the next game. Yep. Uh, Southampton two, Man United three. Southampton were up two nil in the first half. Man United had to absolutely scrape everything they could out of the ba- out of the barrel to get the result. Um, all coming from Edison Cavani, uh, two goals and an assist to Bruno Fernandez. Um, what did you think of his performance? Fernandez or Cavani? Uh, Cavani. I mean that was impressive for a man of Cavani's age and for the fact that he hasn't played in England for all that long now. I mean he's what do you think he's seen? You think he's seen a collective total of 60 minutes before this? Yeah, he still hasn't. I mean uh in the middle of the week against PSG was his first career start for United, so he's come on as a sub the other 6 or 7 matches. Yeah. 
I think that was an extremely impressive performance for somebody that's just, you know, become accustomed to to English football and, and the scheduling and the way that it is. Yeah. Um, that was very, very impressive. Uh, netting two goals uh, within, you know, the last 15, 16 minutes of the match is, is impressive within its own, within its own right. But netting two goals to, to come from behind and, and win three, two in stoppage time. I mean, that's really special. I, I was, I was pleased with this performance. I think, you know, Ollie has to be giving him a nod soon. Uh, if, if not starting uh, and pr- because he is producing at this point, we've seen um, then at least coming on at the half or something like that. Yeah. Well, their next two matches are uh, this uh, was it? tomorrow. They play West Ham yep. 12 30 time slot. And then middle of the week, they play their last champions league game, which could decide if they make it through the group to the knockout stage or not. Um, and then their third match, they play man city, which is a very massive game without a doubt um so very key matches um so ollie's really got to be considering uh what he wants going forward in these games yeah i i think that you're gonna start to see maybe a little bit more squad rotation than you have seen um because united are flat really i mean the only reason they won that southampton match was because because they brought on cavani i'm just not i'm not a believer in uh in what they have going on right now yeah, uh, Ali in the past two to three matches has been really um, firm on those two holding mids, whether it's Fred McTominay or um, they have somebody else rotating in there too. But most of the time, Pogba's not even in the lineup anymore. Well, he sucks. I mean, I hate to say it. <laughs> Matic, that's the other one. Sorry, I'm yawning. Uh, Matic sucks too. He's old. Um. Pogba is just overpaid and not good. So mm-hmm. they need to be getting rid of him. They're just going to have to take the hit and let him go to Madrid or wherever he's going to go. Um, moving on to Chelsea Spurs match and a nil-nil draw. Um, I thought it was deserving. I think a, nil, a, a draw for a point for each team was deserving there. I mean, each team had good chances. Um, the last four minutes of the match, though, was where somebody could have really stole the game. Yeah, I know. Like Chelsea played the ball over the top. Um, the defender for Spurs headed it back to Lloris, but Drew intercepted it and mishit the ball, trying to chip Lloris, didn't get enough power on it. And then not even a minute later, Spurs go up the other end. Kurt Zuma misplaced pass. Ball comes to La Celso, and he, I don't know what he tried to do, if it was a pass or a shot, but he misses the mark wide. And I, those were two of the best chances of the match. Yeah, I mean, the other one came early, right? The the one where Werner was off sides? Yeah, he was just off by about a shoe, a shoelace. It was yeah. really bad. And then, um, I mean, it was back and forth. Conte had a great game. He's always being a pest in the middle, winning the balls back. Uh, Pulisic got 20 minutes in there. Couldn't get a really clear chance. The ball was coming down the right most of the time with Ziyech and Reese James. Uh, ben Chilwell's really making his mark in the team. Yeah. He gets he gets so far high up the feet. He's like a modern wing back now. Yep. They're attack oriented, not just defensive, which adds an extra element to your team. Um I mean he's he plays just like Andy Robertson, maybe even more attacking. And yeah, he's getting more goals than a usual left back would. Those balls coming in from Ziyech on the right. I mean, it's an amazing thing that you see these guys like like uh, Lucas Digne, right, and and Chilwell as well. You see them; they they play a traditional left back role, but they're quick enough that they can get up on the attack and and not settle in between. Like like their their static position isn't isn't where a left wing back would play. They're back defending with the back four where they need to be, and they're off the pitch when they need to be. And I right. think like. Typically, you would have a super quick left wing. Like when you're playing with a wing back, you want something really, someone really fast, right? I mean, your prime candidate would be Alfonso Davies, right? Like, right, and and Traore, right? That's that's how Wolves used to use him. Yeah, but these guys are their their football IQs are so 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 high that the way that they they intelligently move around the pitch, they don't have to sit. <clears throat> where where a traditional wing back would play. They're where they where they need to be when they need to be there. 
Very impressive. Chilwell was a great signing. I'll say that I thought he was overpriced, but he he's proved his worth. Yeah, he's turned out well. Kai Havertz not so much dealing with COVID and injuries and just not making the squad every in and out every week. He's competing with Mason Mount, who's been Frank Lampard's guy since day one. Yeah. So it's very hard. I mean, you would obviously want him to play because you paid $80 million for him. But, I mean, you have to earn your right into that squad. So we'll have to wait and see over the next couple of weeks. I think he will. I think you'll see him him earn his keep uh, starting soon. I mean, you he got an assist uh, in the Champions League this week against Sevilla. And mm-hmm. I think he's he's a very talented young player. He, he just needs time to, one, yeah. adjust because he is very young. He needs to adjust to a new culture. Um, mm-hmm. having grown up in Germany. And then um, I think you'll start to see him really produce. Yeah, I think he gels well with the team. I mean, I see him joking around with Reese James and yeah. Ben Chilwell and all those young English guys. They all they all gel well because they're all around the same age. And right. Pro- like they all probably have the same hobbies. They all hang out together. So that's a good thing to be around. I, I think he speaks pretty good English already anyway. Yep. Uh, moving on to that Arsenal game, 2-1 loss to Wolves. Um, good news hearing from Jimenez, as I said on the Monday show. He had a successful surgery from his head fra- his skull fracture. I thought he died. I literally thought he was dead. Yeah, he. it was a very scary moment in the match. About eight minutes in, a uh, corner ball whipped in from William David Luiz. Uh, full speed, hits Jimenez right on the temple. Both go down. Um, very scary moment. Uh, David Luiz got up. Fortunately, he got a head wrap. Um, I saw articles after the game saying that the head protocol, the concussion protocol, needs to be updated or something. It or does. It's not being taken seriously because Luiz was literally bleeding on the field through the through his gauze. So yeah, I, I think I would have taken him out immediately just 100%. in case, just to be on the safe side. I mean. At the same time, I think with an injury like that, I think both teams should get a free substitution. Yes, that that's that's part of what they say needs to be. Whoops. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> I think that was my speaker. Uh, that's part of what they say needs to be updated with the concussion protocol. Right. Uh, you, just because you get, you know, if you have if you have a head clash, you need to be you need to take both players out. I know it's unfortunate. I know it's annoying, especially if they're important players. But that's just how it is. That's how it is in football. That's how it is in other contact sports. The concussion protocol needs to be updated because we have the technology now to understand that head injuries are not a joke. Yeah. And right after that incident happened, Wolves scored a goal immediately off a corner kick ball, headed off the crossbar, and Pedro Neto on the rebound. But Arsenal replied instantly with a Gabriel header goal, and they went in a halftime 1-1. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure how the game was going to go after that. I, I mean, I already had both legs on my parlay hit. I had the Man U win with the Cavani 92nd minute winner, which was huge. Yeah. And then the nil-nil draw with Chelsea and Spurs was big. And then I just, about 10 minutes in the second half, I just saw Wolves continuing their possession, dominating. And whenever Arsenal got the ball going forward, it was just, they just couldn't get those final passes in the right spots. Just Wolves was covering well. It was Connor Cody was back um, from his first match, after his first match not playing. I think it was his first start in like four years, or first match of four years that he missed yeah. for Wolves, which was massive. But having him back was so- some solid solidarity for them in the defense, and uh, they pulled out the results. So I cashed out before that happened, made a little bit of money. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you cashed out because, you know, Arsenal just, after the the forty second minute goal, uh, by Potence, who is so fast, man, he he's he's sharp. He's he's really sharp. Um, mm-hmm. After that goal, Arsenal fell apart, and and they were never going to get back into the game. Uh, after that, there was never any coming back, and that's just unfortunately, um, it's a symptom of Arsenal in twenty twenty. They are impotent when they need to score, um, and they waste just... and waste and waste chances, and they cannot get it done in the final third. It's it's it sucks. I just don't know why Partey doesn't have more of a role in the team. Well, he was he he was coming off of an injury. He took a knock. Uh, okay. Um but, but one, Yeah, yeah. When he was playing for Ghana, he took a knock. So uh okay. he's supposed to have an expanded role this week. Um gotcha. and, and play more. He's very important to that team. 
because he holds the midfield so well. Um, mm-hmm. it, it takes so much off of the attacking three or four, however many we're using, depending right. on the day, because the it changes so much. Um, it takes so much stress off of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving to our last two matches, both were 2-1 results. The first one going Fulham's way. Uh, a big shocker, Fulham getting a 2-1 win over Leicester away. Um, not a lot of people saw that coming. Goals coming from Lookman, uh, Harvey Barnes for Leicester, and then a penalty from Cavallero. Yep. Um, all this happened in the first half. Uh, second half, Fulham just packed it in, got the result. Um, now in their last in their last four, they've won two, which is huge for them. Puts them one point above the drop zone. Um, what do you think of that that result, Evan? Oh, I think that was unfortunate for Leicester. Um, they didn't burn me this time. I didn't. I didn't bet on them. Uh, yeah. Last last weekend, uh, I did in the midweek, which we'll get to. But um, that's a really that's a that's a rough result for Leicester. You cannot be dropping three points to a team like Fulham. They are horrendous. Was that their first win? That was their second win. Second win? Uh yeah. still, man. That you just can't. You can't drop that to them. That you know, Fulham takes on City this week. City's going to trounce them. They're going to absolutely trounce them. And it's going to make it's going to make Leicester so mad because that's direct competition right there. They're they're fighting yeah. City for for a spot up in in that end of the table. Um, yeah, they're they're in a similar spot they were last year, sitting around that fourth spot. They're currently on 18 points, but there's three teams behind them on 17, and then two with 16, and then like you said, City's right behind them, three points. There's plenty of teams that want their spot and are right there, ready for them to drop. It's just unfortunate that uh, that they they dropped points there. I like Leicester. I like their them as a club. I, I'd like to see them do well, especially because Arsenal aren't doing anything this year. I think the squad's just getting stale. I don't think they brought in too many big names to the team that could change them. Um, it's a very similar team to last season, and I think teams have figured out how they work. They're a counterattack-based team. Um, they do well against the big teams, but when it comes to actually controlling the game and having to create your chances from the back and to front, um, they're not that team. Their defense is not that creative. Their midfield is... Uh, I think their midfield's strong, but I don't oh. think they have that extra mile to take them to hold a top-four spot. And I think Jamie Vardy's very one-dimensional, I would have to say. He's just a guy that... He's not going to be creative on the ball where he beats a guy and one-twos with somebody. He's he's a very basic, fundamental guy. Over the top, take your guy on, quick passes, but... I just don't see them holding a top four spot, and maybe maybe they even drop out of the top six with how Southampton and Wolves are playing, and also Everton. Yeah, um, you said you think Leicester's uh, midfield is strong. I don't know if I agree. I think Tillemans is good, um, but I think Dennis Pratt is very mediocre going forward. And then you know they were playing Luke Thomas and uh, James Justin on the left right. and right, respectively. and Those guys aren't that great. I mean, a team like Leicester should be able to command more uh, in the transfer market. They should they should have better players coming in. Uh, they, yeah. ha- they have money. It's not the Leicester of five years ago. They have money now. Yeah. They they need somebody to take Mars's role. Like, that Mars's yeah. creativity and his quick feet on the ball, like, that's, what, that's the type of player they need to bring to open up paths for Jamie Vardy and Harvey Barnes to get more goals, to take more pressure off of them. They need one of those speedy wingers like uh, Dale Feo or someone, someone like that, you know, um, that, I, has, that I, has had roles. I would think Brendan Rodgers would, I mean, he came from Scotland. Isn't Karamoko Dembele there? Yeah, he's he plays for Celtic still. And then you have guys like, um, what's it called? I think he's only like 16 or 17. Yeah, he's young, he's young. Um, there's a kid, another kid that plays on Celtic Forest. Maybe he's a right mid. He's quick, man. He's really fast. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand why why Rogers wouldn't be trying to bring in quick young players to play on the wings because these English kids are slow as fuck, dude. They they need yeah. quick guys. They need guys that are creative. They need guys that are good with the ball at their feet. Um, that that's why they were so good that season. They won. You had you had really fast central midfielders like. 
N'Golo Conte. Obviously, he was younger and even quicker back then. He's still fast now. And then you had Mares, who who provided so much creativity, and so, so he could play the ball in so many different ways and use both of his feet. Uh, he was very skillful, and and he was quick. And they just don't have that. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, now this week they come up against Sheffield dead last, haven't gotten a win yet. Um, you would think they would get that result. They're currently lost their last two in the league consecutively. So I honestly don't know how this game is going to... You want to say Leicester, but I don't know with the way they've been playing. They need a big foot up their ass or something needs to change in the lineup to shake some players up. Yeah, I agree. I think they'll win too, but who knows. And then the last game, we had West Ham beating Aston Villa 2-1. Uh, this turned out to be a decent game to watch. Uh, Ogbonna, early goal. Jack Grealish comes up the other end, gets a nice deflected goal. And then Jared Bowen, two minutes into the second half, just like the Ogbonna goal. Just two, just just Villa came out flat. That, this is why they lost. They come out in the first five minutes flat, and they just get caught sleeping, and West Ham pounce on it, and that's how they win the game. I think if Aston Villa is awake the whole 90 minutes, they easily win that game. They were the the better team in that match. They controlled possession. Uh, they had more chances, and uh, Fabianski was the only one registering saves. It, it literally, I didn't even know Martinez played. Yeah, he does. He's amazing, dude. Martinez? No, yeah. I was saying I didn't even realize that he was playing. He oh did yeah, nothing. Yeah, I know. Um, it was just a that was a shit. You did you enjoy watching that game? I thought he could have went either way. I did. I did not have a fun time watching that. I really I mean, didn't. I, I hit the, in that Monday slate. I had Leicester and Villa winning. And both of them lost. And then I made a single, a separate one with Villa winning and Jack Grealish scoring. When Jack Grealish scored that goal, I was like, there we go. That's the change of the tide. We're about to fucking bury West Ham here. And then I, literally, I didn't even reopen the stream. And the second half just started and West Ham scored. And I was oh, like, scored, what the yeah. fuck? 46th. I was like, and it was a bullshit goal. It's like, they, it's a miss, miss hit header. Yep. off a set piece and it just falls perfectly to him it's like some fucking fifa shit yeah that's unfortunate i'm glad I, i've been trying to stay away from those games betting on them because like i have a hard time watching them normally and enjoying them but if i lose right. them holy fuck it makes me so mad it makes good me thing so about, pissed yeah the good thing about being back at work is i'm just focusing on work and i don't have time to make these bets i mean tomorrow morning i'm gonna get up and go to work yeah, and probably before once the lineups come out for the first game, I'm gonna put some picks in. But yeah, I won't be betting as much, right? Or I wouldn't say as much, but like as many slips. That's what I should say. Yeah, you just try and consolidate your 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 gut feelings. I was gonna say nut feelings. That's really what it is. Yeah, I like that better. Nut feeling. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm gonna save all my picks for Sunday. That's when I have the most time, and obviously, you have. The Prem and NFL, which is good. So good. Speaking of the weekend, uh, this weekend, the pre quickly previewing these matchups. Um, the Friday game obviously was canceled or postponed, I should say, the Villa Newcastle game. So we don't have to talk about that one. Um, Saturday, Everton Burnley. Uh, we both think Everton's going to win this game. Obviously, the wingbacks are still out, but Burnley have nothing going forward. Yep. Um. They've they've only scored four goals in nine matches, giving up seventeen. Uh, of just a hollowed corpse compared to how they were the last two seasons under Sean Dice. Um, they also have no creativity and have not brought anybody in to make a difference. Um, January is going to be massive for them and Sean Dice if he's still there. Um, I don't. I what do what do you think, Evan? Do you think Everton's going to win big, or do you think it's going to be a close one? I think it'll be about two nil. Um, two, one, one of those two. I don't think Burnley score at all this week. Um, they're going to be dejected after losing five 0 to City last week. Uh, I think Everton have to win this game. Like I said, they had to win last game. They have to win this game too because they didn't win the last game. Um, right. And Claudio is appearing to be a bit of a fraud at this point. Yeah, I I agree. And somebody that really stuck out to me watching that Everton game closely, Allen. Yeah. He is 
if I had to compare him to somebody, he's like N'Golo Conte, just sniffing the sniffing out the play, cutting cutting chances out. He'll get he'll take a yellow card if he has to cut a counterattack out. He's a very good player, and I I see why Ancelotti keeps bringing him into his teams wherever he goes to manage. Yeah, he's amazing. I think Allen is really good, and I think that was great business. They just need somebody to partner with him that's attacking going forward or uh, going forward in the middle. I know they already have Hamas, but he kind of plays like a, a winger inside forward role, whereas Ducore, I don't really know what his role is, if it's box-to-box or I would think that is his role, but they need somebody that can drive out of the midfield like how De Bruyne does. Yeah, and, and Ducore doesn't have that pace. Right. He is good, uh, but... Moving on, Man City Fulham. I know we both are going to pick City big here, at least three. I think they carry on that form. Um, do you have anything to add on that? I just want to move on to the next one. No, let's move on. Uh, West Ham, Man United. Man United coming off a, a big loss. PSG, middle of the week in the Champions League, putting them in a hard spot in the knockout stage. Um, I don't know what Ali's going to do here, if he's going to rotate players to focus on the Champions League or get some get the result in the prem i don't know where his focus is but um west ham like we said came off a big win against villa uh west ham is currently fifth in the table above united who is in ninth on 16 um both have won their last three in the league um and also they have scored west ham has scored more goals than united in the league and also given up less so on paper west ham is playing better this season but does Cavani get the start here? Does Bruno show up? How do you see this going, Evan? I think Bruno shows up. I think he has a goal and an assist, actually. Um, United is plus 105 on the money line. West Ham United is plus 260. Uh, I think you know United are a favorite because of their prestige. That, that's really it. Everything else is actually pointing to West Ham as a, as a favorite here. Like you just mm-hmm. said, you know, they've, they've let less goals in and they, score, they have scored more. Um, but I think United win. I think they're going to keep rolling. Yeah, in, in the be... league at least they're going to keep rolling in the league because they did lose, uh, this yeah. week to PSG. Yeah, I can definitely see the the storyline coming out next week as United in great form, City in great form. Who's gonna Who's gonna crack yeah. under pressure? I could see definitely see that that headline coming up for sure. So yeah, I'll pick United here. Um. Next, we have Chelsea Leeds. This looks like a fantastic game with how Leeds attacks. And Chelsea's looking like a very solid team. Frank's found, like we said in the past couple of weeks, he's found his main 11 to 14 guys. Um, maybe throws Drew in the lineup after scoring four in the Champions League. I would like to see him in there, but I don't know who he's going to partner him with. Does Werner start on the left? Does Pulisic start on the left? Does Havertz come in the middle? There's a lot of different things you could see. Or does he just play the same team from Wednesday or uh, last so last Sunday? I think he's going to wind up playing the same team, and it actually sucks because Giroud definitely deserves to start. It's It makes me so sad, honestly. Right. He, he, I'm so sad that he left Arsenal because, like, Right now, I would so happily bench Aubameyang for Giroud. Like, it's not even, it's not even close. He scored four goals against Sevilla, who are a decent side. Yeah. It's unreal. Four goals, dude. He's like 35. Yeah, everything that came near him, he just put it wide perfectly. But that's always how he's been. He's always been so clinical. Mm-hmm. He can score with his head. He can score with his left, his right, his chest, his fucking ass. He's just amazing. Heel. He, his heel? He he's never he just dude, do you remember the scorpion kick? Oh yeah, that's what oh. I was Oh my god. It's giving me chills just thinking about it. I never appreciated him. I know I really never did. And it's a shame. But how do you see this match turning out? I think Chelsea beat beat Leeds here. Uh Leeds are gonna be like too excited after winning last week, I think. Uh they they got lucky at Everton. I think that Chelsea absolutely demolished Leeds. It'll be three nil. That would be perfect. I think the main key player in that lineup is Thiago Silva right now. I know I mentioned it last week, but just his leadership and experience from playing all over Europe and always in the Champions League going far in the tournament, I think that experience is just so massive. And Mendy's turned out to be a phenomenal signing. 
just if we didn't pick him up and still had Keppa, we I don't think we'd be anywhere near where we are now. No, I think you guys would be four or five uh, places down on the table. Man, that's a great, that's the best piece of business I've seen all season by any club, really. Yep, shout out to Petrcheck for finding him. Yeah, fucking legend, another legend of the game. He's still on the Champions League roster. He can still <laughs> play the chair. I know. I hope. I hope your boy uh, Mendy doesn't get hurt, so he doesn't have to play. Would you play Czech at forty whatever over Kepa? Absolutely. It's not even a question. <laughs> it's literally not even close to a question for me. That'd be insane, bro. He wasn't that bad in his last couple of years for Arsenal. He was all right. He was pretty good. Yeah. He's still on the drums. He's still on the drumsticks. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Sunday, we have West Brom to Crystal Palace. Um, West Brom getting their first win in the league. Now coming up against a, a Palace side who I don't know if Zaha's going to be back. It may, Zaha may be back. They may rest him for the following game. But it, I think if Zaha's back, Palace wins 2-0. Two, two, two uh, I think if they don't have Zaha, I think it's like a 1-0 either way. I think Palace are actually going to win regardless here. Um, they're not going to be favorited by much. They're actually plus 160. I'll probably take Palace or draw, actually. That's that's a really good pick if you're looking for one. Right. Um, I think Zaha will be back. Even if he's not, I'm going to take Palace anyway. Yeah, I'm going to need a good week out of Townsend for my fantasy, so that would be nice to see. Uh, we touched on this game earlier briefly. Leicester, Sheffield, Leicester, Sheffield dead last, looking like they're definitely going to get relegated. Um, Leicester fighting to stay in the top four. Um, I think this is a bounce back week for them. It has to be, because if not, there's just going to be questions going on, like what's going on with with Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you don't want that because Leicester are trying to contend for European competition as well. So you want to make sure that that you're not having questions surrounding your managerial uh, situation as well as as your side. Um, I think they probably win two nil here against Sheffield. At yeah, least, I, I agree. Jamie Vardy needs to get a goal to get his to get going again. Yeah. Uh this this next one is the match of the week for me. It's the North London derby. We have Spurs playing Arsenal. With there will be fans at this game. There's two. Isn't it at Arsenal? Uh, the Spurs game is at is at Hotspur Stadium. It's at Spurs, but still, two thousand fans will be there. So you'll still you'll have a somewhat realistic atmosphere with fans there. Uh, I know they had fans there Thursday night in their Europa League game. Yeah, Arsenal did, which was nice to see. Um, I'm gonna let you talk about this one, Evan. You you know all the details about this. I do know all the details about this, and I'm gonna tell you that I think Arsenal are gonna lose. I I want to say that they win, and I'm gonna bet on them to win. But oh no! Don't do your don't double your like double sorrows. Well, listen, I'm gonna be so pissed off at myself if they win and I don't bet on them because of the double pride and the double happiness is worth so much more than the double sadness. I can deal with the double sadness. I've been an Arsenal fan for you know as long as I can remember. I know the double sadness. I, I, it's, it's all I've known as an Arsenal fan. Um, that being said, I think, I just think the Tottenham are rolling right now, and they are better and they are superior, uh, in every way, defensively, offensively, um, and in the midfield. So if Arsenal can can pull this out, that'd be great. Uh, but you know they're they're seventeenth for goals for in the league. Arsenal is. And mm-hmm. and Spurs are third for goals for, and and goals against um, Tottenham have nine scored against them, which is the the lowest in the league. Mm-hmm. I just I don't see it happening. I really don't. We're not, uh, I'm we're gonna not give gonna you. Win. I'm gonna give you a quick history lesson. Uh, Harry Kane has scored the most goals in the history of this in this rivalry match. Ten, ten goals for him, tied with Adebayor. Oh. Um, and also, Arsenal has not won this match since March 2014 when it was a 1-0 win with a goal from Rudzitski in the second minute. My God, I remember that. Thomas. So, you guys haven't gotten three points out of this game for, three, for six years. 
So, I mean, crazier. I think I think twenty twenty is the year that where is the year where crazy things happen, and I think Arsenal do win this game somehow. You do? You feel it I too? Think, I think the year and everything. I think it just goes. It goes their way. All right, dude. Fuck it. I'm gonna say Arsenal win too. Then I'm riding heavily <laughs> on this too. But I mean, this is Harry Kane's matchup when it comes to it. I don't care. I, He's slow. <laughs> He's slow. Low pace on the kid. So yeah, we're going up against a six-year drought here for Arsenal winning. Aubameyang six goals. I actually do think he'll score this weekend. I think he he does well in in big games. Our uh, Tottenham did have a big big drop of points. We'll mention that in a second in our oh, next segment. Yes, we certainly uh, will. A three-three tie against a second a second place team in Austria. Um, very poor from them. And uh, moving on, Liverpool Wolves. Wolves obviously without their main striker Jimenez. We'll see how they go with all their small guys up front. Uh, I think it worked out well. They're going to play pretty similar to how Liverpool plays. So it's going to be a matchup situation where who's who's positionally better than the other. So uh, this is going to be an interesting game, to be honest with you. I think this could be a draw. Um, I don't know. It's at Anfield, so that's always a big boost for Liverpool. I don't think they're allowed any fans still. I think they're a tier three side or yeah. tier three tier three area, yep. which sucks. But um, I, I don't know. I, I mean, playing at Anfield is huge. I think they're still carrying on their their record of not losing there in the Prem. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, they don't lose. Do not think they lose. But I think it could be a draw. I uh, I don't think that they lose either. Um, it could certainly be a draw. I, I I'm not gonna say that I bet on a draw because it I also just it also like is that. Jota it also is Jota playing against his old side for the first time. Yeah, I mean Liverpool's minus two hundred on the money line. I'm gonna I'm probably gonna stay away from betting on this game because I think it could go either way. Um, I'd say like fifty percent of me is convinced that it could be a draw, and the other fifty percent of me is like Liverpool will probably win this. Mm-hmm. I'll just say Liverpool win. Uh, and then finally, the game on Monday, Brighton hosting Southampton. Uh, I believe Danny Ings is back in training. Yes. I don't think he'll be fit for the match. But um, good signs for Southampton. Theo Walcott's looking like he's filling out that role in the meantime, who's playing well with Che Adams. Um, uh, this I don't know. Brighton, Brighton's a weird team. They're turning out to be like how I picture West Ham at times. Yeah. They play good against bigger sides, but when it comes to similar level teams, it gets shaky. I feel Brighton like are... God. I was just gonna say Brighton sitting in 16th and Southampton at sixth. You you can carry on. I think Brighton are like the Sheffield United of the of last season. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like that's exactly how they are to me. Mm-hmm. But I think I think Southampton won this one actually easily. They'll bounce back after the uh after the United situation. Yep, Southampton in their last three have picked up four points, while Brighton in their last three have picked up five. Um, I also... I, I think this is going to be a draw. I think it's gonna, I think this week's going to be a lot of draws. Definitely could be. So that recaps the Premier League recap and predictions. Um, moving on to our next segment that we're introducing, um, Sellers of the Week. This yep. will be a segment we do every Friday of the bastards who shot our parlays in the foot yeah. or our single or single slip matches just straight up. Um, we'll each pick our top three and then we'll have honorable mentions. Uh, Evan, do you want to lead off or do you want me? Uh, I'll lead off. There was actually only three for me this week. I don't have any uh, honorable mentions because I, I didn't bet all that much, but I have uh, on the 1st of December, Real Madrid sold versus Shakhtar Donetsk. Who are a Ukrainian team? Uh, they did lose to them three two in the first Premier League or first uh, Champions League fixture. Yep. I double. I thought for sure they would win this one, dude. I was certain of it, and they didn't. <laughs> they fucking played so bad. They lost two 0 again. Um, yeah, not having Ramos is huge. It's so big, and I'm like a I'm a Ramos guy, and I know how important he is. But Varane is so good too. Like I figured they'd be okay. But Varane yeah. is actually the reason they lost. That's true. Yep, he had multiple fouls in key areas. Yeah. 
Uh, and then on the third, Tottenham sold versus Lask. I had Tottenham straight up. Uh, they ended up drawing 3-3. Three, three. They conceded first, then they scored, then they went up 2-1, then it was 2-2, two, two, then it was Tottenham 3-2, and then it ended up 3-3 three, three at the very end. I was so pissed off. Um, yeah. But I had them in with with uh, with Leicester. So they sold two. Uh, I wasn't going to win that parlay regardless because Leicester got scored on in like the 80-something minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, by Zoria, who I don't yep. even know where they're from. I was sure that Leicester would win, but they were playing like Unger, who was like a striker from a second division German team that they got, I guess, in the transfer window. And yep. he sucked ass, and Leicester just looked horrendous. So those are my three sellers of the week. They fucked me pretty good. Yeah, mine three are... My first one is a specific person. You mentioned the Tottenham game. They did screw me, but this person in particular was the catalyst to the beginning of their demise. Uh, Matt Doherty, our doctor, oh, yes. the Irish right wing back. Um, I'll insert the clip here where he he's dribbling up the field, up the right flank, completely fine. Nobody's near him for 10 yards. And then all of a sudden he goes to stop the ball. And all of a sudden his legs give out like he's sliding on ice. I saw this. And, and Lesks go up the whole other way. And it was a great goal. I take nothing away from the goal. It was a great build-up. Ball came in. It was a phenomenal shot from outside the box from the guy. Perfect goal. Joe Hart could do nothing about it. But how you're completely not you're not in danger of losing the ball or being challenged, and all of a sudden you just cut back. Your legs give out. His groin like popped or something. And my brother mentioned that he probably faked it just to go off to the side, making it not look as bad. I was like, what? I was completely fucking dumbfounded because... That right away made the game 1-0 in their favor, so now Tottenham's playing catch-up the entire game. Yeah, I mean, the it, worst part of it was the fact that they did catch up, and then they continued to sell. Yeah, but then Tottenham took the lead with a Deli Alley penalty in the in the 90- yeah. or 80-something minute. And then freaking Davidson Sanchez lays off uh, the, the, forward, the substitute forward for Lesk. He gives him five yards, and he hits an absolute banger. Like, it was ridiculous. Joe Hart could do nothing about two of the three goals. Yeah, I know. That sucks. And then, like, Joe Hart will get slandered for that, probably. So, yeah, I hope I hope Doherty rides the bench for the next two weeks. Hey, praying. he's on my or fantasy I he team. Gets, I hope he gets hurt in the Arsenal game if he plays. Um, no, I'm joking about that. I hope he doesn't get hurt, but I hope he plays really bad. We'll say that, at least. Uh, moving on, same with Zenit. Or Zenit. Same with soccer. Uh, Zen at St. Petersburg, the communist bastards of Russia. Um, I had a five-leg parlay. Uh, four of the five hit. It came down to Zenit getting a result against Bruges. Uh, Bruges absolutely annihilated them 3-0. They castrated them. They ate their ball sack and spit it right back on their chins. Um, it was an absolute annihilation. Zenit had no chances. Um, it was very poor. Every time the Golazo zone I watched with that fucking bastard Nico. Oh Michael, my god, dude, I hate that. When he cut to the game, it was instantly a Bruges highlight and a goal. And it was so annoying because Barcelona came out easy 3 nothing. Griezmann had a great flick nutmeg through the yeah. boys' leg. PSG got fortunate with a red card against Fred, or two yellows, I should say. Man United did themselves in there. Uh, Neymar getting two goals, which was huge, and Marquinhos at the other. Uh, Juventus handling their business against Kiev, and then Leipzig with an absolute barn burner of a match that came down to the 93rd minute with a, a goal from Zorloth, like the Norwegian striker for Leipzig in the 93rd minute. Just I, I was running around the house screaming. It was such a that was such a ama- that was so amazing, wasn't it? You bet on that he, game. Yeah, I mean, it was minus 260, so it was like a comfortable match, you're thinking. it's. I believe the match was in Turkey, but the guy for, for um, Basakshir... Dude, so good. The hat trick. Yeah, the hat trick. Unbelievable. And the third goal was a free kick bar down. They were all screamers, every single one. They were all from like 20. That guy, and Nick, fucking little bastard, Nico's like, oh, he'll probably not be playing for them next year. I was like, oh, fuck yourself, you little prick. I hate that guy, dude. Talks like a fucking robot. He talks like a breath in between every two or three sentences. I just don't like him. Nico Cantor, that's his name. 
He's fucking terrible, bro. And then he has Goose Poya, who's who he adds little bits, but like he's not a commentator. No, he's definitely not. He's a manager. He should probably be managing a team still. And every time they show him, like his his one um, notable thing for that he's done in his career was like the 90, 1995 Copa America winner. That's it. Yep. I was yep. like, what? He he played for Chelsea and all these other clubs and he won nothing. Yeah, I mean, those were shitty periods for most of those clubs. Yeah, true. He played in Spain what, too, what, didn't he? Probably. I yeah. don't know too much about him. I know he played for West or didn't he manage West Ham for a little bit? Yeah, I believe he did. Um, moving on to my third, my third sellers of the week. We're moving on to NFL, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. We have to end there. Um, here's this. Here's the parlay to let you guys know. All right, we go an alternative spread because Evan did say that the Steelers would not cover ten and a half. They didn't. So I alternate spread to minus six and a half. Pretty fair against the Ravens with no Lamar Jackson. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster over 47 and a half yards. The Pittsburgh Steelers throw the ball 55 times in a game. Uh, you'd think you get over 48 yards. Chase Claypool over 49 and a half. Hot finger, right? Hot hands right now in Pittsburgh. And yeah. then we went with a Juju touchdown, who he does well against Baltimore. Juju scored a touchdown, the last touchdown for Pittsburgh, which was great. Chase Claypool had a good dead catching. Yep. Uh, Juju does not get the yards. 11 shy. The Pittsburgh Steelers dropped seven passes in that game. How are you dropping these balls from Ben? It was Eric they're, Ebron that fucked me because he was dropping shit. Exactly. Like these third and shorts. We are not converting third and sec, third and twos and third and three. Like they're very simple. Just little slants out wide or little out routes. That's all you have to do. And Eric Ebron dropped half of them. Yeah, I mean, and then, bad. And then the end of the game, we have Chase or Trace McSorley, a Penn State scumbag, coming in the game and throwing a freaking 30-yard pass to Hollywood Brown, and then he just burned everybody. Like, it, it, there's no skill to it for Trace. He made the pass, and then Hollywood Brown did everything else. Like, and RG3 had an absolute stinker of a game. Dude, he's, it's a shame. It's a shame what happened in his career, man. It really sucks. He comes out of Baylor like the first Heisman Trophy winner out of Baylor for a long time, and then he has a, just a a typical college to NFL uh, arc where he does nothing. Yeah, pain. I mean, uh, injuries ruined his career. Yeah, that too. To be fair, and just hopping. I mean, I feel more bad for Tyrod Taylor. Everywhere he goes, he plays a game and then he gets benched to the rookie. Yeah, that's true. Uh. I would say if I had to if I had to say an honorable mention, uh, it'd probably be Erling Holland. Why why are you getting hurt in training? I know you're, li- you're literally the best player on that team, and I, I picked you to score in the Lazio game. And then I see pregame he gets injured in warmups. What are you doing? I know he's a machine too. Do you see his fucking legs? Have you seen a picture of his legs? I love when he scores. He gets all like his face gets all scrunched up. Oh, he's an ugly fuck. <laughs> he's so I, I, I ugly. don't like it, dude. He's fucking funny. He is funny. He's just he's not. All right, let me, sorry. I won't say he's ugly. He has he has been more successful in up the past year than I will be in my entire life. He's not ugly. Yep. He's just an yep. interesting looking fellow. Yeah. Certainly not classically handsome. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair to say. I mean, I mean they're. They're they're not doing that well in the league as they should be right now. Yeah, and they they have some big games coming up. I think they do they no. I was look yeah they have Leipzig on January 9th, so he needs to get fit before that, which is a huge match. And they're sitting fourth in the league, so they're in that last Champions League spot, but they're four behind Bayern. Yeah, I mean Bayern just I, I hate how easy they have it, bro. I hate how easy and they bring in talent for so cheap. Like they bit there, they do so 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 much good business. Yeah, that's always how they've been. How do you get Lewandowski on a free? <laughs> I don't know. How do you how do you do that, bro? That's fucking stupid. That's that always happens though. They always just get who they want to get. That's what happens. I don't know. But um yeah, that that is sellers of the week. Yeah. Um, we will carry on with that. We will passionately carry that on because we're constantly betting over the weekend. So we will have plenty of people to be mad at come Fridays. That's for sure. 
Uh, moving on, uh, there's a couple other topics that we wanted to touch on briefly. We'll have a little tidbits about them. Um, very fresh on the news, Urban Meyer potentially looking at taking the Texas Longhorn job um, over for his former offensive coordinator, Ohio State, Todd Herman. Um, Texas hasn't been a power, like a top, top tier football team since like Vince Young, 2006, like back in the late 2000s. Yeah. I think Urban Meyer just is, he's had, like, he did the same thing after Florida. He took a year or two off to recoup. Then he went to Ohio State, did his thing, won a national championship. And then he takes another year or two off. Just when you take a year off from coaching and then like you're you watch you still watch the game obviously because you enjoy it, but you get that itch to go back. And I think he'd do a great job at Texas. I think he'd make them back into the powerhouse of the Big Twelve. Yeah, I think so too. I, I just I kinda hope that it happens. I kinda hope that he does go. I know people were saying on Twitter they've seen photos of him in a in a hotel and people are recognizing it as a te- in Texas or something. So I don't know. I don't know how true it is. I know in the past people thought Nick Saban was going to go to Texas and that turned out wrong. Yeah. And he's still kicking in Alabama. But um yeah. And Ohio State is Ohio State needs to play these last two games because Big 10 conference you have to play a minimum of six games to be in consideration to play in the championship game for the Big Ten. Right. So they they they're still on to play Michigan State tomorrow at noon. And then I mean there have been talks of Michigan potentially forfeiting the game just in spite. But I don't think they will because that'll be a biggest pussy shit ever. Yeah. And I don't I don't think they want to be seen as that. I think those players want to play in that game because it's such a it's such a big big massive game in in those guys careers to say they beat Ohio State or say they beat Michigan. Yeah. So I, I, think I don't so. think they will forfeit unless covid plays a role in it which I hope does not knock on wood. Yeah, knocking. Uh other than that, uh ESPN's continuing the chop of of employees. Uh Dan Lebetard is one of the biggest leaving now. Um Mike Greenberg is going to take that nine to twelve radio slot, and it's going to be called Greeny, Greeny or something. I think that's what they're going for. But ESPN's losing all their big name people, and like I don't, I don't know anybody else left really. There's Scott Van Pelt, Steve Levy, Mike Greenberg. I don't, I don't know if Stu Gatz is staying in his own. Oh thing. no, I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's going with Lebetard. I, I would. A lot of those old school people that we used to watch growing up are had their own shows or FS1 or like Pat McAfee has his own show. I know he wasn't ESPN, but like all these popular people in sports media are doing their own thing on their own networks or are on affiliate or on um, other networks besides ESPN. Yeah. Um, You're going to see a new generation. I mean, sports center is horrendous. Uh, They have all of those other fucking shit shows like get up and the jump and all that nonsense espn's dead man shit is ass they've slowly talked leaned more and more into the political world talking politics and social justice and all that and people turn on sports center and they don't want to see that like when i was eight nine years old get i'd wake up out of bed i'd get ready for school and I had watched the 7 a.m. Sports Center show for all the highlights from the games the previous night. Obviously, the internet wasn't as big back then, so like you couldn't just look at the highlights on your phone on YouTube. You had to watch Sports Center, and like that was what I'd get up every morning, and be really excited. Oh, dude, it was the best! It was the best waking up and watching Sports Center. I used to fall asleep to Sports Center, and I would wake up to Sports Center. It's mm-hmm. it's it's what makes you fall in love with sports as a kid is seeing all of that type of that those types of things, um, mm-hmm. magical the not top ten and the top ten. I mean, what I would give to have have fucking Stan Verrett, re, you know, speak over those. Uh, I miss those days. I really do. It, it's a shame. Yeah. So yeah, like you said, I think there's going to be a lot of independent people coming up out of grassroots or. Whether it's your FS1 or how Dan Patrick, Dan Patrick, and those guys have been doing it, yeah, um, I think there's going to be a lot of competition where ESPN are slowly losing more and more employees due to 
the lack of viewership and TV ratings. So we'll see what ESPN does to fight that. I know they're up to like 500 or 600 jobs they've cut in this year alone. Yep. So I don't know. Um, and the last thing about Levitard is potentially uh, his last show is January 4th, I believe, for part in the not part. What's his show? Is it or no? Who? Dan Levitard, like him and his dad. They do a show. What's it called? Um, it's called the Dan Levitard show. That's the radio show. I'm talking about his like 5:30 segment. Um, see this. I mean, like I don't even watch. So I don't. Yeah, care. I mean, I don't know. I thought that was the. I thought they televised that too. What? The Dan Levitard show with Stu Gott. That's the one that I watch on TV. I swear, there's a different. I mean, they're on PTI sometimes. That's on. Yeah. Part of the interruption. Yeah, the one yeah, that, yeah. That, that's not theirs though. That's just part that's just part of the interruption. Everyone's on that. There's another one I'm forgetting. Whatever. It's not a big deal. But um yeah. Um I think yeah, that's all I had in my notes for this week. I think we're around like an hour or so. Okay. Yeah, we're at a, an hour and five minutes. It was a little disjointed there at the end, but that's just how we roll. Yeah, we just cram in every little little tidbits here and there. I know the soccer thing takes up most of it, but that's that's what we do on Fridays. It's just our vibe. Um, is there anything else you want to mention before we close? No. Uh, thank you guys all for listening. Uh, Matt and I are gonna try and um figure out what we want to do as far as like overlays and stuff like that go, and then I think you'll probably start to get um YouTube recordings of us doing the show. Uh, you'll get to watch me drink water the whole time because my mouth is just abnormally dry for the past three months for no reason. Mm. Um, you'll get to watch that live. So if you guys like water, you're gonna like, you're gonna really like the YouTube. That's very enticing. I know. <laughs> All right. Uh, so next Friday will be our usual show. Um, next show coming up for the on the network in general is my show on Monday, Monday Mojo um that'll be coming out uh like i said i'm gonna revise how i do the show a little bit we'll, we'll trim up the the sports betting and we'll probably add one or two extra things yep uh but other than that when evan will be back on wednesday and then next friday will be us again together so uh thank you for listening and we'll see you next week